Hi, everyone, and welcome to Black and Cold, a true crime podcast. I am Nichelle, your host, and I am back this week with a new episode. So I am aware that I am very late with releasing this episode, and apologies to everyone who may have been looking forward to listening. Life has just been life. But we are here, and I'm not going to do much talking, and we are going to jump right into episode number 40. The case today is about a young man that made a very exciting decision to start new. He decided to move to another state, and with this, he would be closer to his best friend. But within hours of him relocating, he was suddenly discovered dead. This is the unsolved murder of Dorian Bluford. Originally from Monroe, Louisiana, Dorian Bluford was always known to be sweet, outgoing, and entertaining. By the time he reached his 20s, he decided to make a move to Houston, Texas, where he would live with his cousin Kimberly, her husband, and their four children. And as soon as Dorian got there, it seems he fit in and made himself at home right away. Dorian became like the cool cousin or the cool uncle to Kimberly's children, They looked up to him, and sometimes they would even confide in him a little more than their own parents. While living in Texas, Dorian had the opportunity to work various jobs in different management positions. And as a Texas resident for some time, he became a huge Houston Rockets fan, according to his brother, and he attended their games a lot. If Dorian wasn't attending the games in person, he would make sure he went out, whether it was for drinks or food, to watch his team play. Dorian is described as being the life of the party. He was always that person that wanted to make sure people were having a good time. When it came down to family gatherings, you could find Dorian making everyone's drinks, playing music, and getting the party started. He was the one who entertained everyone. But even though he had this lively personality with people he knew, Dorian could be quite introverted and keep to himself, especially when it came down to strangers or people he didn't really know that well. He also kept a lot of his personal life to himself, specifically his love life. Dorian had recently separated from his wife by the year 2017 came about, and his family had an idea that he was dating other people after that situation, but Dorian wasn't really the type to bring anyone around the person he was seeing. By late April of 2017, Dorian told a few of his loved ones that he was about to make a big change in his life. He told some of his family members, including Kimberly and her children, that he was going to move to Knoxville, Tennessee, which is over 900 miles away from Houston. When they were notified that their cousin wanted to make this change, Of course, they had questions like why and who are you moving with, etc. And Dorian let them know that he would be moving in with his best friend. His best friend would provide a place to stay until Dorian was able to get on his feet. 
He was going to make sure that Dorian had means of transportation. And there was also a job opportunity lined up by him, and it was waiting for Dorian in Knoxville. Now, according to his loved ones, this best friend that Dorian had was pretty much a mystery man. They didn't really know much about him, and they never met him. But whoever it was, they appeared to make Dorian happy. Dorian and this individual he referred to as his best friend previously traveled to different places together. They visited cities like Miami and North Carolina with one another, and Dorian even visited him in Knoxville in the past, staying there for a few weeks. And as he and this guy got closer, Dorian's family started to suspect that their relationship was actually more than a friendship. Now, Dorian never came out as being bisexual or attracted to men, and his loved ones say they inquired, but they never pushed him about it simply because it didn't really make a difference, like his preference didn't matter to them, as it shouldn't. But something about this best friend, their situation, this big move that seemed so sudden didn't sit well with Kimberly or her daughter Ariana. Like the whole arrangement just seemed too, too spontaneous. And being the private person that he was, not all of Dorian's family even knew about this change he was about to make. Some of his immediate family members weren't even aware that he was going to Knoxville until that day came. In her interview she did with Still a Mystery, Kimberly talks about her suspicions that she felt. She pointed out all of the very nice things this person was doing as far as basically setting a life up for Dorian, but she found it to be odd. What stuck out to her the most was the fact that this best friend offered to cover Dorian's one-way flight as well, which she said was almost $1,000. Kimberly also wasn't too comfortable with the fact that her cousin was moving so far away with someone she or other people in her family didn't even know anything about. So she addressed Dorian about her concerns with his move, and, you know, he didn't see anything wrong or alarming with it. Kimberly pointed out that paying for this expensive flight on top of being responsible for basically all of his other means of life just seemed to be very unusual. And just to add to that, This mystery friend was the only person that Dorian knew in Knoxville. And although all of these concerns from her were valid, Dorian was an adult. His decision couldn't really be swayed, and he was really, really excited about this move. He was looking forward to going to Tennessee as he was living in Houston with his family for almost 10 years at that point, so he was just ready for a change. Dorian was so excited about these new beginnings that all of his belongings were already packed two weeks before it was even time for him to board his flight. On May 29th, 2017, Dorian posted to his Facebook. His post said, quote, It's my last day in Houston, Texas, moving to Knoxville, Tennessee for good. And when the next day came, that big day was finally here. On May 30th, at around 11.30 a.m., Dorian's younger cousin drove him to the George Bush Intercontinental Airport in Houston. She hugged her cousin goodbye, and they told each other, I love you. Dorian then walked through the doors to begin what he thought was a new life. And from there, Dorian, who was always very active on social media, he updated his Facebook again, this time adding his location, which was at the airport. 
After a couple of hours of traveling, ideally what is about a two-hour flight, Dorian landed posting to Facebook at 4.21 p.m. that he now arrived at McGee Tyson Airport in Knoxville. With Dorian posting his movements and updating his social media, his family back home felt a little better knowing that he made it to his destination safe. So after that last update at 4.21 that evening, Dorian would make one more final post to Facebook. At 7.14 p.m., which was about three hours or so after he landed in Tennessee officially, he posted that he was at a local Joe's Crab Shack in Sevierville, Tennessee. Now, Sevierville is about 30 minutes or so from Knoxville, and along with his location, he posted the words, quote, I'm about to be greedy. So clearly, he seemed excited to eat, but after Dorian shared this final moment with his social media friends, unfortunately, he would never be seen alive again. Shortly before 10 o'clock p.m. that evening, Knoxville officers and firefighters made their way to one of the city's many greenways, which are basically like paved trails. And this is where they responded to a 911 caller who reported someone was yelling for help. When authorities arrived to the location, which was near the First Creek Greenway and next to some homes on a street called Leonard Place, according to Knox News, they initially didn't even see anything for the first 30 minutes or so. But as one of the firefighters kept searching the location in this wooded, dark area, that's when they discovered the body of a male in a pool of blood, and you could tell that he had been stabbed to death. At the crime scene, the police didn't find any murder weapons nearby, and their victim only had his wallet on him. He was eventually identified as 32-year-old Dorian Bluford through his license found in his wallet. And this is where officers learned that he was from out of state. And besides a little bit of cash that was left on him, Dorian also had a baggage claim ticket in his possession. And this is where investigators were able to put two and two together that this man had just arrived in Knoxville that day. Dorian was murdered within six hours of relocating and just hours shy of his 33rd birthday, which was the next day, May 31st. And this, of course, was alarming to everyone. And when authorities got in touch with Dorian's loved ones, they felt almost immediately that his mysterious best friend had to know something about his death. They were in complete disbelief that they literally just saw Dorian that morning, who was a little anxious, but so excited. And as soon as he made his way to another state, his life was taken. The woman who made the 911 call said her and her husband were moving out of a residence on Leonard Place, which was the block nearby where Dorian was found. And while they were in the middle of their move, they heard these screams coming from a wooded area in that park. So they decided to hop in their car and drive around. Now, they didn't see anything happening, but they reported that they saw a BMW leaving a parking lot nearby. And when this woman actually made the 911 call, she told the dispatcher that she and her husband could hear a voice yelling, he's stabbing me, he's stabbing me, repeatedly. But again, because of the location and how dark it was in this vicinity, neither one of them could see anything at the time. 
With the amount of blood that was at the crime scene, investigators had no doubt that the murder happened exactly where Dorian was discovered, and they could tell he was trying to defend himself from his injuries. The toxicology report showed that he didn't have any drugs or alcohol in his system, and as it was learned about how Dorian made his move to Knoxville on top of the circumstances of his death, the police suspected that this was a personal case. Now, when the autopsy report came back during the investigation, this just ended up furthering their thoughts even more. Dorian was stabbed 37 times in his back, neck, chest, and arms. Investigators felt this killing was not random, and it took a special amount of rage for someone to do that to another person. So with this, and from the information that they were being given by Dorian's loved ones, they knew they needed to speak with his best friend. And officers were able to get this man's information through Dorian's plane ticket. Now, his name has not been released, but it's been stated that it was hard to even track him down initially. According to sources, this guy was out of town at the time the police started their search for him. They were able to obtain his phone records, which showed he left Knoxville shortly after Dorian's death. He even checked into a motel in another city with someone, but authorities haven't been able to find out who that someone was. However, after about a week of looking, they were finally able to find this best friend, but he wasn't really talking much, which furthered people's suspicions even more. And what was even more damning about this was that he drove a BMW. And at this point, the police already obtained video surveillance from the airport the day of Dorian's arrival in Tennessee, and they knew that Dorian was seen leaving in a BMW that matched the description of the one this friend drove. On top of that, if you remember, this is supposedly the type of car that was seen leaving the crime scene by that couple. Kimberly says she was under the impression by officers that Dorian's friend claimed he didn't even know that he was missing or gone, which completely took her by surprise as he was the one who flew him out to Knoxville. Detectives learned that Dorian and his best friend not only shared the same birthday, but he too may have kept his sexuality hidden from others. According to Investigation Discovery, although the friend didn't have much to provide to law enforcement, he did say he picked Dorian up from the airport in Knoxville that day, which they already knew. He said they went out to eat in Sevierville, and he dropped him off at the home of another friend per Dorian's request. This man says he was not aware of who this other friend was, and he couldn't recall where he dropped Dorian off at. Throughout all of this, law enforcement was able to obtain a search warrant for the BMW that he drove, and they did find Dorian's insurance card inside the trunk. In addition, investigators had a few items tested for DNA. And although this was done and the friend's story sounded questionable, there was really no proof of anything. Detectives couldn't prove what this guy knew, if he knew anything, and there was no real evidence at least from what is known, linking him to Dorian's death. Now, somewhat of his story seemed to be true as a witness came forward during the investigation 
saying they saw Dorian at the Joe's Crab Shack in Sevierville with another man, who was assumed to be him, this friend. This witness, who was an employee at the restaurant, said Dorian and whoever he was with appeared to look like a happy couple. They were having a good time and seemed to be getting along just fine. And this just leaves people, more specifically Dorian's loved ones, even more puzzled as to how something transpired within such a short period of time, and he ended up dead only two and a half hours later. With time and no resolution to this case, it even became a thought that maybe Dorian's death could have been a robbery gone wrong. Local reporter Travis Dorman, who not only covered Dorian's case, but was also interviewed on Still a Mystery, says that around this time frame, this could have been a possibility, only because of the crimes that were happening in Knoxville around this time. Many residents from the area even became scared for their own safety, and they didn't want to travel on these paths or greenways on their own. But Dorian's family is adamant that this is not the case. He still had his wallet on him with cash, and his cousin says he had on very expensive shoes, which were still on him when he was discovered. Also, Dorian was new to this city. They couldn't imagine or picture him taking a night stroll by himself in the area. He was still getting to know. His loved ones knew for certain that this best friend was the one that picked him up from the airport that day when he arrived. So they're kind of thinking like, this is the only person that Dorian was with that day he got to Knoxville. And just to add, although investigators have explored other routes, it seemed uncharacteristic for someone to be stabbed that many times as a result of a robbery. With the details of the 911 call and how the couple heard the words, he's stabbing me back to back, Knoxville investigators feel there's a possibility more than one person could have been involved in Dorian's murder. It makes it kind of seem like these words were being said to another person as if there was a witness. But that's just a thought or a theory on their end as there hasn't appeared to be any evidence leading to that. On the other hand, Dorian also could have been yelling those words to alert someone nearby. Dorian's family is convinced that he was set up that night he was killed, and how he died, being stabbed 37 times, just makes them feel like this was overkill and someone was filled with a lot of anger. They are truly convinced that this was personal, and the friend who lived in Knoxville has to know something about his death. The behaviors and facts that are known about this person is what makes them questionable. To fly your best friend or possibly boyfriend out to live in another state with you, essentially, it is odd that he wasn't looking for Dorian. He did not approach the police on his own, nor did he even know much about Dorian's whereabouts that night. At least, this is what was said. He also drove a BMW, which would be an insane coincidence. But what seems like would be a fairly quick investigation is not the case here. It's approaching five years since Dorian's murder and there are still no answers. No arrests have been made and no suspect has ever been named in this case. Dorian's case has been held very tight-knit and very little details have been released, so we don't even know what route is even being investigated as of today. 
Many of Dorian's loved ones, including his siblings and cousins, have spoke out about how much he is truly missed and how this has affected them. His family continues to look for answers, even though there's never going to be a right answer, as to just why. Why was Dorian's life taken that day in Tennessee? But they are hoping that the person responsible for his death will be apprehended and justice can eventually be served. Anyone with information about the unsolved murder of Dorian Bluford can contact East Tennessee Valley Crime Stoppers at 865-215-7165.